One of my favorite um, stories, and I, I would like to say as a child, but, but I didn't really encounter it until I was a, um, a young adult. Do you know the stories of the Chronicles of Narnia? Have you heard of those? Um, wonderful, wonderful children's stories that reveal um, the heart of God in so many ways. If you know the series, you know that there's a lion figure in them um, called Aslan. And that lion figure um, represents Christ. And in um, the first of the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, he offers himself in place of us, our brokenness. And, and we have a child story version of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's another one. Most of us have read that one. It's called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? Amazing story. And I think it's been made into a movie now. But there was another, another chronicle uh, called The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And in that, um, in that story, in that chronicle, there was a boy named Eustace who um, is a problem child, <laughs> right? And... Uh, and uh, a very self-centered little boy causes a lot of pain for people. And, and Aslan, in his wisdom, allows this little boy to become what he's behaving as, right? And, uh, and in the story, he becomes a dragon, right? Uh, he becomes a dragon, and at one point he looks at his reflection and the first time realizes that he's become what, what he behaved as. And it's a beautiful story of the natural consequences of our walk, the way we walk. Do you remember last week we were challenged to, to walk in a manner worthy, not of what we are or were, but Walk in a manner worthy of the calling that Christ has placed on our life. Do you remember that? And we talked a little bit about, about how to find that calling. And, and we talked about the general calling of being a child of God. I love Kristen's worship planning. It just blesses me every week. Um, of living into our identity as a child of God. And then uh, that secondary um, uh, general calling of, of then making other children of God, making disciples who make disciples. And then we celebrated, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, we celebrated the fact that, that um, God does it uniquely in each of us. In other words, the way, the way Chad will live out his identity as a child of God and as a disciple of Jesus is different than the way that I will. And a lot of us spend a lot of our time trying to be like someone else. I went into engineering because my youth director was an engineer. I, I, I was trying to be a story that was not mine. And, uh, and we celebrate the fact that through our gifting and our talents, through our passions and the, and the particular burdens that God has put on our hearts, and, and, and through our stories, our unique stories, stories that we were ashamed of, right? Um, stories that we hid from other people. God uniquely prepared us for his calling in our life. I don't know yet. David, wherever he went, there he is. I don't know yet 
But knowing Jesus, I think that people were set free today because you risked the story. You risked living out your individual calling. Wow. What would happen if we all did that? Not living out Dave's story, not living out my story. Lived out our story with our unique passions and our unique giftedness. Well, over the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, we we caught such a vision of beauty, right? Such a vision of this beautiful kingdom that God has said is has come. It's here now, and we can live into it. Today, especially, we're seeing a, a vision of how each person is beautiful in God's eyes, and, and we need to help them. Discover that and live into their beauty. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, we caught this glimpse of God and, and his plan for our lives. But beginning last week, we got into the last three chapters of Ephesians where, where um, God has been showing us how to get there. He, he turned from the vision to the, the praxis. How do, how do we live in such a way? And again, we introduced that idea with the idea that let's walk in a manner worthy of the calling, right, of our calling. But let me just summarize where um, the, the Ephesians 4 and 5 are going to go with you. And, and if you'd like to follow along, um, you're welcome to jot notes. If, if you do better by just listening, you learn by listening, then, then you do whatever you need to do. But, but he introduced this new section, this last half, this practical part of Ephesians with this idea that we're to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. Today, we're going to explore this next segment. He invites us, what does that walk look like? He says, walk in holiness. No longer walk as the Gentiles do, as those who don't belong to God. Walk in holiness and and. I'm putting the passages in parentheses because I really invite you uh, uh, to, during the week, go back and, and do a little study of those passages together. Um, we've been teaching you how to um, share God's Word in small groups by the Discovery Bible Study process. But on the back of that, um, of, of that uh, bookmark is a plan where you can go in personally and delve deeper into God's Word. And I broke out these different walk passages so that you could do that in the coming week and, and experience amazing blessing. If you don't have one of these, they're on the foyer table out front. And I just, I just invite you to go deeper into God's Word. But today we're going to focus on walking in holiness. But know this, that, that he continues this invitation to walk in a manner worthy by inviting us an amazing sequence to walk in love, Ephesians 5, 1 through 6. And then he invites us, in, in, he switches imagery and invites us to walk in light in Ephesians 5, 7 through 14. And then in a passage that we're going to come back and look at one last time next week, he invites us to walk in wisdom, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. So, so Paul, again, very practically is saying this is what a walk looks like. It is a walk of holiness, not, not becoming Jesus. We can't do that, but we can uh, take his 
holiness on ourselves. We can have that righteousness given to us by faith when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. We can walk in love. You're sensing today, some of you have been walking in love and we feel it. We can walk in light. We can shine light into dark places. And, and we can walk in the wisdom that God set apart from the foundation of the world and that is at your fingertips right now as you worship him. You're holding it, many of you, in your hands. You can walk in that wisdom. Well, that's where we're going over the next couple of weeks. Let me invite you here to focus especially on this segment, Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. In fact, I'd like to invite you, if you still have your bulletin with you, um, would, you would you read with me our memory verse for the day? I had to substitute words because Paul's in the middle of one of his long sentences so that, that it would work. At the bottom of the left page in your bulletin is this week's memory verse. It's Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Would you join me as we say this together? You were taught to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. The very word of God. Thank you, God. Thank you for sharing your word with us. You, when, when he's trying to unpack then, what does this look like to walk in a manner worthy of the calling? He first starts by saying what it doesn't look like, right? What it doesn't like. He says you've got to put off the old self. You've got to no longer walk in the futility of your minds, the emptiness, the purposelessness of your minds. Put that person off. By the way, in Colossians chapter 3, he goes into this again in depth. This is a fundamental teaching. And I rejoice because so many times when I hear God's word, the question that I'm left with is, God, I believe that Jesus did these things for me. What do I do? And, 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 and oftentimes we're told, well, just have faith, right? Just have faith. And that's critical to put our faith in Jesus Christ sets us free from the penalty of sin. Remember that first part of the gospel. But, but how about in this day-to-day living? How do I partner with God in this journey? And he says, here's how you can do it. Intentionally put off the old self. Why? Why? He answers the question. I was amazed as I started to unpack our passage for today how he would tell us something and then he would give us the why. Moms and dads, when you are caring for your kids, right, sometimes we're tempted, aren't we, to say, because I said so, right? And, and to use fear and intimidation. But we're learning slowly, some of us. That's what I love about grandparenting is you get little do-overs here, right? We're learning We're learning to not say because I said so, but say here's why. Here's why. God's God's wisdom is not to crush us, right? It's not to inhibit us. It's it's not to restrict us. We were talking about that, weren't we? Um, It's to protect us. He doesn't want us to get hurt. 
And his wisdom is, is to protect us and to keep us from harm. So, so Paul invites us here. Children of God, let's put off the old self which has been corrupted by its evil desires. Now he goes in here. He goes again in Colossians 3. He goes again in Galatians 2 and gives us a lot of those things that we need to put off. He says you need to put off falsehood. You need to put it off, right? It's not helpful. Put it off. Take it off like a garment. Choose all that. That would be painful. Yes. But it's freeing. It's freeing, right? Put off falsehood. Put off, I'm going to say it just for a moment. I'll come back and unpack this later. Put off anger. Right? And he goes into amazing depth about what that anger looks like. Another time when we're doing a deeper study of anger in particular, we will, we will um, unpack those things together. But in verse 31 of chapter 4, he says, Bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice. Did he miss anything? I mean, he says, put those things off. They're not helpful. They're not helpful, right? He says, put off stealing. Put off stealing. Now, he could be talking about, you know, the pens that you take from the bank. I have a collection of them, actually. But I think he's, he's not just talking about physical things. He's talking about stealing identities. He's talking about being what you're not. He's talking about appropriating for yourself something that God never intended for you that way. Right? That way. You've got to put that off. You've got to stop doing it. Right? And, and he says, you've got to put off, and he uses that same word again, corrupting talk. Corrupting talk. How do you talk about other people? It's time, beloved. It's time, child of God, to leave it behind. To leave it behind. Why? Why? Because these things grieve the Holy Spirit, he says, Right? These, these things, you've got to put off the old self because it's been corrupted by its own evil desires. We saw that in Ephesians 2. Go back and look at that again. The world, our own flesh, and the evil one have all corrupted our old selves. We've got to put them off. But now he's saying we've we got to put these things off because they grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you, but the Holy Spirit, surprise, surprise, is holy. Right? Is holy. And cannot abide. Where these things exist, let them go. Let them go, okay? So he says the first step of this is putting off the old self. And again, I, I, I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but I just don't know a better place to go than the end of Psalm 139, where he says, Search me, O God, right, David? And know my heart. Try me and know my anxious way. See if there's any hurtful way in me, right? You don't have to manufacture stuff. Just invite the Holy Spirit to, to blow through your life and, and to bring to the surface those things which are dishonoring to Him, which are keeping, him from, keeping you from experiencing the fullness of His presence and lay those things aside. But then note what He says next here. Be renewed in the spirit or attitude of your minds, right? Put this stuff off. And then there's a vacuum, right? Be renewed here in the spirit of your minds 
and then put on the new self. Paul, and it's a familiar passage to many of you, Paul uh, clearly explained that transformation process in Romans 12, 1 through 2. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, right? These bodies that have been corrupted by their evil desires, by our evil desires, these bodies offer them to God, not as a dead sacrifice, right? But as a living one. And I shared with you before, I think it would be easier to do a once-for-all sacrifice, a blaze of glory, to fall, as it were, on the hand grenade, right? Um, to, to go out in this blaze of glory would be easier, I, I say that, I'm not having to been in that situation, than living every day, choosing every day to sacrifice your desires for His precious desires for you. Right? So, so we're not, I don't want any chance that you heard something I didn't say. Um, God is inviting you to live, to really live. But live sacrificing your dreams for His dream for you. Sacrificing your plan for His plan for you. He says, this is really worship. Worship is not 10.20 to 11.30 on a Sunday morning. This is worship. Offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy, pleasing to God. And then he says, don't be conformed, right, to the world. And the, the visual picture there is like a plastic thing where you're squeezing this thing and and shaping it by external pressure. That is the way of the world. But, but Jesus offers another way. He says, instead, be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. They just call to memory. Remember the, 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 the clear base with, with coffee in it and pouring the fresh, clean water of God's Word into it. And if you keep pouring something pure into that which is impure, eventually it becomes pure. Keep pouring in the, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Keep pouring in to your life the very Word of God. Even when you don't completely understand it, trust it as the wisdom of God. And beginning with your mind, which counsels your will, your emotions and your body will all come together to be a sweet, fragrant offering, pleasing to the Lord. This is worship, beloved. Not going to a place at a certain time. It is becoming the child of God that He created you to be. Well, He says, put off the old self, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And then put on the new self. And again, there's so many words in this passage that you looked at it, you probably got intimidated and took a step back. But, it, but he's actually doing a very simple thing. He's saying, here's something to put off. Here's something to put on. This first blank, remember it? What were we going to put off? Falsehood, right? He says, instead of falsehood, speak truth to one another. Last week, our passage ended speaking the truth and love. We will in all ways grow up into him who is our head, even Christ 
Jesus. Speak truth to one another. Why? Because we're members of one another. We're not fooling anybody. When we speak falsehood to someone else, we're speaking falsehood to ourselves. We're members of one another. Remember anger? And I'm going to call it now. I think I put that in there. Oh, we should not flash on that. We didn't get the slides in there, huh? Okay. Um, All this time I thought you were watching this. I'm sorry. We probably changed. I put them in last night, and then you probably changed about the... um, If you're following in the blanks, now I put the word sinful anger, right? Because he said, be angry. In fact, many times our problem is not that we're too angry. It's that we're not angry enough, right? Or we're angry at the wrong things. He says, be angry, but don't sin, right? And instead of anger, he invites you here to to be kind. So interesting that the world is picking up on this. The great word right now on, on... uh, signs out in people's front yard is be kind, right? Well, guess what? 2,000 years ago, Paul challenged us to be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Even as a moment ago, you did. You were representing Jesus when you did that. Instead of sinful anger, be kind. Be tender-hearted and forgiving. There will come times... When God arises in you like Jesus, when he turned over the tables, a righteous anger. But, but I just want to invite you, most of our anger is not righteous. Most of our anger is an expression of our self-centeredness. Why? Why should we replace anger with kind, kindness and tenderheartedness and forgiveness? Um, because God in Christ has forgiven you. Jesus tells an amazing parable about a man who was forgiven massive amounts of resources and turned around and strangled a guy who owed him relatively little by comparison. You see how silly that is. Um, We do the same thing when we refuse to forgive one another. For stealing, he says, do honest work. Why? Why? So that you'll have something to share. It's such a precious gift to be able to bless someone with the overflow of God's blessing in your life. Do honest work so that you can experience the joy of giving. And instead, he says, of corrupting talk. Uh, And I'm going to use a long word here. um, Edifying. E-D-I-F-Y-I-N-G. Do you hear that word edifice in that? Edifice is a building, right? It says... Instead of corrupting talk, talk which brings people down, find ways to build one another up. Build one another up. Not with flattery, tickling their ears, right? Trying to make something about their appearance or or their performance or something. No, build them up with words about who they really are in Christ Jesus. Build them up with edifying talk. Why? Why? So that it may be grace, it may give grace to those who hear. How do you get the picture? Jesus wants to give grace to people. And Jesus, as we've said countless times, is right now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. He has no hands or feet unless they're ours. And so Jesus is inviting you to be his presence in a world 
that so desperately needs it. Right now, several things are going on. The world, all its values, are in conflict with everything I just said. Your own flesh is going, um, I, I would love to do that, Pastor Dave, but um, I know me. And it might, be a, it might be a mountaintop experience for a couple minutes, and then this afternoon I'll be right back to the old me, right? Certainly, the evil one is saying, are you crazy? You're not really his. He, he couldn't love you, right? And if all these people in this room knew who you really are, they wouldn't love you either. Do you see the corrupting tapes and voices that are playing havoc with your mind. Paul says, lay them down and put on words of wisdom, hope. Put on words of forgiveness and love instead. It's interesting, in the, in the voyage of the Don Treader, um, worship team, come on up if you would. In the voyage of the Don Treader, um, when Eustace became his actions and saw himself as he really was, right away, Aslan, the Christ figure in the story, Aslan invited him to take off the, uh, the dragon skin, to take off, as it were, the old self, right? And if you know the story, you know um, that was an amazingly painful an impossible task for him. He couldn't do it. Aslan says, take off your dragon skin and, and jump into this healing pool in the center of the garden and, and be healed. And, and then Aslan let him try. And I love this about C.S. Lewis, who, who captured this idea of grace from the gospel, Right? I love this about Jesus, that Jesus helps us realize this is an impossible task. You cannot do what I just challenged you to do, apart from the grace of God. In the voyage of the Don Treader, Aslan helped Eustace take off the dragon skin. I hope you're still with me in this illustration. Aslan. Was it painful? Oh, yeah. But the pain was temporary. The healing was eternal. And Aslan took off the skin. When, when he did, it was very vulnerable. And some of you as new believers are so very vulnerable right now. Jump into the healing waters of Christ's love for you. Jump into the healing waters of a body of people who will on Christ's behalf love you. Jump into God's perfect call for your life, right? You got to take off the old with Christ's help. Be renewed in the attitude of your mind and put on the new. I dressed up today and a lot of you gave me a hard time about it. I just want to note that Bob, Bob Costner, who always wears a suit, wore a dress down today to match me and I wore a suit to, to embarrass Bob. No, I didn't, I didn't do that. I, I wore a suit because I didn't want you to see me as I really am. Right? I, I want to I be liked by people. I want to 
I want to I present an image of victory in Christ, right? But, but here's the reality is I'm broken. All the things I invited, corrupting talk, stealing, that's, that's me. That, well, I, say, I should say that's, that's the old day. And, and the old day is still really present. It's going to be hard to hear. But I invite you to listen. The old day.